0: When you're there, click on the podcast button. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. Lastly, the best way to keep up with our programs and trips is to join our email newsletter. And you can do that at jmbnews.com. It is Sunday. The but not se- sunny. But not sunny. The 2nd of June. Christopher and I in the guide shack, pouring rain outside. Um, but we just got off a... Spell of beautiful weather, Uh, did an overnight with the semester guys, we just finished week five, but did an overnight polling trip on a nearby river, Um, beautiful little
1: campsite, beautiful water, Uh, good time. Yeah, polling started to click for people, the place we camped out at had some nice little rips in front of it, and it was uh, challenging, but fun for them to... You know, be able to go up and down them and then travel with polling rather than it just being sort of a just exercises on the river.
0: Right. It's a the reason we do it is because it's a fantastic way to get around in this part of the world. But the woods are real thick. You know, they cut really hard. You can't hardly, if at all, walk through. After they've cut, um, and where they don't cut, it's really thick and there's a lot of blowdown. So the rivers really were the highways. Yeah. And then we're already beginning, beginning of June. The smaller streams are already probably too shallow to paddle most of the way. So mm-hmm. with a pole, if you got six inches of water, you can maneuver a boat around. Whereas with a paddle, you just can't. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, today... We want to discuss the job. Uh, the job. The job, yeah. Like some of the, I know probably what we do from the outside can look very idyllic, right? Mm-hmm. Guys up off the grid, living in canvas tents and cabins, and you know, guiding people in the in the woods. Um, you know, from from the outside, it, you know, it can and does look pretty, pretty idyllic, pretty amazing, just about perfect. But like with everything else, as you zoom in and start to see the details, you realize that hey you know, that sort of uh fantasy life that you have in your mind, it doesn't, isn't really
1: represented in reality. Yeah. And this, this was actually stemmed from a student having that moment as well. We were, um, we'd all gone fishing and then we went out to grab a bite to eat and we're sitting and chatting and making jokes. And, um, I think I offhand mentioned that, uh, I was tired. Um, and I had been on as, which is a term that we use a lot that you're on and, Mentioned that and he kind of looked at me funny and goes, no, we're just joking around like you're what do you mean you're tired like we're having a good time. And, you know, Tim and I both kind of said this is this is while it's not that we're being this uh, ungenuine, it's it's still kind of like a, a a character that we play when we're interacting with students. It's like a, you're you're in charge of keeping up everybody else's morale, Um, sometimes at the cost of your own mental resilience? I don't know. I don't know what the right term is for that. Yeah, definitely your own energy level, right? Like you as
0: the instructor or guide, you know, you're responsible for instructing people. You're responsible for keeping an eye on everybody's well-being. You're responsible for trying to maintain the energy of the group. You're responsible for if one or two group members get a little bit low energy, try to bring them back in. So there's a lot of soft skills that's always going on Um, you know, from the student's perspective, it's probably going on beneath the surface from the instructor or guide's perspective, you know, it's ongoing. And that is, you know, that's the job when, when Christopher says, you know, you're always on, that means you're not just relaxing, taking it in, listening to the birds sing, you know, you're watching everybody, you're making mental notes on where everybody is at, you know, you're thinking about how you could maybe explain it to somebody differently who isn't getting that particular thing. Right. Um, you know, so there's. A lot of definite challenges and and you're, you know, you're never, you're never off duty. You're always on. So that's,
1: we came up with sort of eight that we kind of think are important to know. And that's the first one is that you're never off duty. And like Tim just said, you're never relaxing and listening to the birds. Well, while on this trip that we had a moment where Tim and I both were just (coughs) sitting and relaxing and listening, and then a student, um, cut themselves with a knife. And that as soon as it happened, you had to you have to come back on and deal with that. You can't just you don't clock out at the end of the day. Yeah,
0: there is no time yeah. clock.
1: There's no whistle that blows at like five. Mm-hmm. But we should get one. We're,
0: yeah, uh, if we do, I want to get one and be like Fred Flintstone and the old things. Well, I think Fred Flintstone would clock out and then he'd slide down the giant uh, oh. dinosaur tail. And wasn't a clock
1: like a screaming thing. Yeah, like it a dinosaur like a, that screamed. And it, it
0: bit a piece of stone. So oh, nice. Get something like that. We should. We should. Maybe an alligator. Or <laughs> a bull shark? Yeah.
1: Throwback to last episode.
0: Um. <laughs> so, yeah. So, somebody, we're out, we're relaxing, end of the day, having a breather, and then all of a sudden, I'm someone says, I'm bleeding very badly. Yeah. I just cut myself very badly. So, <laughs> so that little, you know. Yeah. Although, we did get a moment... Uh, you know, I think that, that the moment, like the best part of the guide's day is when everybody's gone to bed and you can get a few minutes of quieter on the fire. Yeah. Or you get up super early and yeah. get to have coffee around the fire like 5 a.m.-ish before anybody else wants to get up. Yeah. So those are the moments of the day where you're not necessarily on. But other than that, you're on... Yeah it's always ongoing. And especially with the, like the residential long-term programs that yeah. we run oh, for sure. Be prepared to be woken up at
1: least once or twice a semester with somebody who's got something going on. Yeah. And it, I mean, and it isn't even tur- that whole turning back on thing. Wasn't even that you're just dealing with this injury. You're also <laughs> managing like the rest of the group and how they're reacting to it and trying to like keep them from maybe stressing somebody out. And it's, it's a tough thing. It doesn't, it doesn't just, there's no like, You don't do a job and then kind of are done with it. It's an ongoing process for the whole length of it. And again, we talk about
0: soft skills and how important they are when you're in a leadership role, being able to manage people, being able to keep them focused, Mm -hmm. keep them on task, or if something bad happens to not dwell on it. You know, I think right when, when he came over with the knife cut, you know, it was initially, okay, let's, you know, uh, for me personally, it was okay, let's. Number one, don't treat this like it's a big deal. Yep. Number two, treat it like you see it every single day. Number three, make a few jokes so that no one else is going to get. Well, all I believe stressed the safety out. shorts came out. Oh, yeah. the, safety the safety shorts, safety shorts immediately came out.
1: out. <laughs> um, so Tim has this pair of blaze orange shorts that we refer to as the safety shorts. I got them for a dollar uh, a <laughs> year. Um, and so, so as soon as um, as soon as this incident happened. Um, yeah. That's, that's rule one is like you make them comfortable and not worried and you kind of keep everyone else from worrying them. And so, and what's, what better to do that than the safety So, shorts? so yeah, I'm I've in a, there's a moment where Tim and I are both talking to this student and then Tim disappears and then he comes back out and points down and just smiles at me. And I was like, Oh, the safety shorts are here. Everything's fine now. And, and we're joking and it's funny, but that's, that kind of stuff matters to the person that's you know, injured and it matters to the people around him. If the two guys in charge aren't stressed out about this, why should you be right? Yeah. I mean, in medicine, they
0: call it your bedside man, yeah. right? And was that? There was that doctor years ago. There was a Robin Punch Williams Adams. Yeah. Like Robin Williams. They Patch made a, Adams. They made a movie out of the guy because I never yeah. saw it, but yeah. I think he, I saw one of the, stills from it he was wearing a clown nose mm-hmm.
1: right that's all i know about it and yeah. that's why i'm bringing it up well that's pretty much accurate <laughs> is that he was a, a believer in laughter being good medicine i think was the tagline for the movie um but yeah we're kind of man number one out of eight and we're already kind of off on a tangent here yeah this well, is good
0: That tangents are what we do yeah that it is um but it was an interesting yeah you're never off to me. yeah that's number one You never, you're never clock out end of the day you're still on and you better be ready for anything.
1: Yeah, and I think a thing to as we go through this list, like these aren't thing these aren't complaints. These are genuine things that you have to deal with, but as you can hear from Tim and I's um sort of repartee about it, like it, it's not a big deal. It's the thing that you can yeah, you laugh about it when it's over, but it's just the realities of working in this industry. It's not just, you know, sitting in the woods and enjoying yourself. It's you're You're working hard every day in ways you maybe don't expect when you start doing this stuff.
0: Yeah. So number two, that you're definitely a part of the group, but you don't have any peers necessarily. So like when everybody's sort of joking around, you can kind of join the jokiness and and have fun with that. Um, but you also have to be ready to switch gears, to rein yeah. people in, to get them back on tasks. So you can't be a
1: hundred percent part of the group. Yeah. And the, the story we told to open this is a good example of that. You know, like we, up until that point, um, the student just kind of assumed that we were all part of one big group. And then as soon as you kind of see it another level that, uh, um, yeah, he had no real idea that we were, that the jokes and stuff were us working. Like he just saw it as us being part of, yeah, part of the little community that's up here. And we are, but we just have to think about it and on in a level that they are not forced to.
0: Yes. You're wearing several hats at the same time. Woohoo. <laughs> toot terror. Uh, menace. I'm sorry. Toot toot menace. menace. Um, and that segues really good into our third one. And that is that you often have to make tough calls. You have to make yeah. decisions that are very unpopular. You know, and I've made I've probably made more unpopular decisions. than Every
1: day you make unpopular decisions, Tim.
0: <laughs> you know, for example, say we're out on the river and everybody's really hot to go run some rapid and I'm like, we're not running it. Yeah. There's no, you know, there's not enough water. There's this, there's that. And sometimes it's it's something that someone has looked forward to for weeks or months, you know, and they're like, oh, I have my heart set on doing this. And you're like, we're not, you know, from a, from a safety perspective. We're not going to do it. Yeah. And then, you know, people will be very unhappy. Yeah. But that's part and parcel. If you're going to be in a leadership role as the guide, you have to make those decisions, right? People are putting their trust into you to keep them safe. Um, they, but they also are putting their trust into you to sort of show them a good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and often the two are, uh, they don't meet in the middle. So, yeah, being able to make those tough calls. And, you know, a few years ago, I think it was when you were a student, we opted to not run the St. John river and a couple of guys were really hot to be on the St. John. Cause the, you know, it was a dry spring yeah. and the river just dries up. And I remember one of the guys had bought a few, not inexpensive like lures and flies to fish the St. John mm-hmm. cause it has musky. And he was just really, you know, he was really not happy about yeah. not going, but you know, when there's no water, there's no not adequate water, there's not adequate water. So I made the unpopular decision and, and we stuck
1: with it. So you have to be ready to do that. Yeah. It's, it's a challenging thing. Even um, like not even from a safety standpoint, but on occasion, you know, maybe you're managing a group that is uh, the skill levels are different and you have to, so last summer I had to make a call in one of my courses to end, end our sort of our time on trail a day early because one of the students in there just had no gas in the tank. He wouldn't have made the paddle back the next day. And so I had to shorten that trip like in the mid thing and the, You know, the, the other students were much more, uh, they were ready to be out there. They were really looking forward to it. And you just had to know that, you know, that you were going to make somebody unhappy and luckily it went fine. But like, that's, yeah, that kind of stuff pops up as well, where you can't please everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And you just have to be willing to make, you have to be willing to make everybody, you
0: know, I have a saying like, I'll make you hate me. I will ruin your trip. Yeah, I will have you leave all sorts of bad, horrible things uh, about me on the Internet before I've done it all before I will let you get hurt on one of our trips. Right. You know, and and you can't control things like accidents and whatnot, but you can definitely control putting people in a situation they're not ready yeah, for. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. So safety's number. What is it? No. Safety's last. Selfies last. Safety's first. first. Safety, first. safety, safety last. Safety's last.
1: Safety's <laughs> last. Um last.
0: So, number four is that you have to be willing to be a beast of burden. Yep. And this is the physical side of the job. Say you get to a carry trail, maybe you're going to carry all the heavy stuff. Canoes, wanigans, big packs, big food packs, big heavy stuff. The very first year I started doing this, uh, 1999... a friend and I were taking a group, a small group out hiking in the mountains in Western Maine. Um, and a couple people, middle-aged people at that point. And I think we only had about a four mile hike into the campsite. Um, but after about mile two, I was carrying my pack and I had two other people's packs on me as well. Cause they were like running out of gas. Uh, and, and I was, you know, young and, and, fit so it didn't didn't bother me
1: much but that's something that you can look forward to Yeah it's uh lugging everybody's stuff Yep Yeah it's a and and I think that sort of a side thing of that it's sort of a, a pairing between the last one the tough calls and the beast of burden is that you're also kind of like getting on people about taking their stuff um you know you're, you you kind of have to be the person that walks around at the last at the campsite and make sure nobody forgot anything. And, you know, on occasion, if they have forgotten something and they're already two miles down the carry trail, like you're going to pick it up and it's just, yeah, you're just, well, you, you should pick it up. You should pick it up. That's I'm not, fair. I'm not saying that I always have. Yeah. Oh, of course not. It depends, it depends on the situation, but yeah, if, 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 if it's if, real heavy, I'll pick it up and then I'll sell it back. to the <laughs> <people>. <laughs> What I, what I mean is that if you're, you know, if, You've got, let's say you've got two students or two clients that are really fit, really hot to go, and they've already carried their stuff. And there's one person that thought they got all their stuff and they're halfway down and there's one more thing. I'm going to pick up that piece of gear and carry it because I don't want the two people in the front to be sitting there twiddling their thumbs, getting yeah. frustrated. Yeah, that's sort of the guide's
0: dilemma. And it's yeah. very obvious when we're canoeing, but I think it's with any sort of recreational activity that let's say if we, had, if we were guiding and there were eight boats of people. Right. There's always one or two boats that are going to be way out in front, mm-hmm. fit people. Maybe they're treating it like a race. And there's always going to be one or two. What do you mean two. maybe? And there's always going to be one or two that are lagging way behind. Yeah. So your job is to try to, you know, you want to attach an anchor to those boats out in front and put a motor on the boats in the back. You don't have that as a realistic option. So all you can do is kind of try to manage the, manage the group uh,
1: so that... So that you can keep everybody in sight for safety reasons. Actually, we do have that as an option now. And just because it's we haven't not mentioned it in the last, I don't know, 20 podcasts, if we bring the moose mallet and give that to the people in front every time, I bet you they'll paddle slower. Maybe, yeah. That's a really good idea. Yeah, thank you, Kieran. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: number five is you spend a significant amount yeah. of time out in the fields, uh, on the river, in the forest. That's time that you're not spending at home. So the ability to have sort of a normal life where you, at the end of the day, leave work and go home and be with your family or loved
1: ones or whoever, yeah. um, you, that's not a great, you, you really don't have that option. Yeah, it's challenging. It's a really tough thing. Um, it's a tough thing to manage up here.
0: We've I mean, had two instructors in the past
1: yep. who you know were
0: here, great guys, super talented individuals, but... You know just being up away from their
1: loved ones got to be too much for a long period of time so um yeah one of them's getting married uh in like a week so congratulations ben spencer yeah congratulations yeah. ben um uh, we but, miss you but
0: but it, it's yeah. a it's a hard thing to
1: yeah. not be
0: uh have the ability to be home at the yeah, end of the day every day it's tough
1: it, it, it'll wear you
0: down after a while um so, number six is that there's always a bit of danger when you make your hobby your job in that sometimes it will no longer continue to be your hobby, meaning you won't be as interested in it. So, for example, you know, let's say we just spent uh, this week on the water canoeing a lot and both Christopher and I love canoeing, yep. but here it is Sunday, we've got our morning to ourselves, you know what we're not doing? going canoeing. Yep. Cause just spent a week at it. So, you know, if you do something all
1: the time as part of your job, maybe it stops being as much of a hobby. Yeah. And I think that that's something that can be remedied, but it takes, it takes work. You know, you have to go out of your way to create, you know, we did the Bonaventure last year as a, like instructors only trip, um, for that specific reason, like that we, we want to keep enjoying this stuff. Um, And it's, yeah, it's not unreasonable to set that stuff up, but with what we just talked about before, with your time away from home being a big thing, like, that's a hard thing to balance. Yeah, when you get time, maybe you don't want to be away from home. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's something that's maybe not. Thank God for those country roads, though. What? Country roads take me home? Pinkham Road. Pinkham Road. Pinkham Road take me home. That's right. I'm sorry. I always mess that up. Yeah. Uh... (laughs) (laughs)
0: Number seven, um, you as the guide or instructor are expected to know everything all the time, meaning you better know every plant, the Latin name of every cloud type, you know, every
1: track. Every bug, everything that makes them tick, every all the mm-hmm. background information, every rotten piece of wood that they are like, what kind of wood was this? <laughs> I don't know. I really, am sorry. It's 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 punky wood is what it is. I'll yeah, tell you that. Like, know everything about every yeah. like type of metal,
0: every piece yeah. of gear someone might show up with, and you know the expectation is it's not realistic, but you know that's what people assume that that you know, and you know to add a bit of fun to that that you know you're constantly being compared with you know, celebrity X, Y, or Z who they've seen online or on TV who has a team of writers coming up with all the stuff that yeah. they're talking about. So, you know, you're just expected to, to almost be the third person
1: omniscient. Uh, the worst one for me was last summer I had a teenager ask me why their phone wasn't charging, and I... Was, I, I That's part of the main god exam, right? Uh, yeah, like definitely. diagnosing
0: someone's technological yeah, problems. Yeah, and I
1: was like, I, I use a human ore composting system, <laughs> and I live in a tent. What makes you think I can figure out why your phone's not charging? Um, I did figure it out. I smashed his phone. There you go. And then it wasn't a problem anymore. Yeah, now it's really not now charging. Now it's really not charging. I fixed it beyond repair. <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: it's an, interesting, it's an interesting thing. You yeah. know, like daily around here, what plant is this? What plant is that? How is this plant different from that plant? You know, like just, and, and thankfully, um, you know, around here, I do know all the plants, but that doesn't mean that if I go somewhere else, I will again, uh, a couple episodes ago, all, all knowledge is local knowledge. Uh, so it's helpful to, you know, have that home field advantage and really know your local space. But even
1: that, you know, I, I, I think I know a good amount of the plants up here, but sometimes if they'll bring you like one little piece from something that they (laughs) grabbed, you know, an hour ago while we were walking and then asked what it is. Sometimes it's pretty hard to tell what that is based on, you know, you don't, you're not seeing it in the context where it grew. You're all that stuff. It's a, a really challenging thing to, you, you can never stop. Um, you can never learn it, learn a good amount and then stop that because you have to keep adding to, to your knowledge base of the place you're in because you're, I mean, every time a student comes and asks me what a plant is and I don't know it that night, I go and look it up and make sure I, you know, research it and know it for next time because I don't, yeah, you just, you can't stop and relax in, in physically or mentally. Yeah. Here.
0: That can, uh, uh, I'm sort of torn on that one. I think that's almost like a perk of the job is the consistent lifelong learning yeah, as I, opposed to like, yeah. I guess it's a requirement. But I do think like that's that's
1: a benefit to me. It is a benefit, but the but the hard part is that you are because we talked about you're sort of the person that's um in charge of the social stuff. You are you know, that's a that's a place where you can lose people a little bit if if they're like, Oh, why am I up here and this guy doesn't know what this tiny little microscopic piece of lichen I picked off a tree is. Because expert exactly X on YouTube sure does. Yeah. yeah Yeah. exactly that's that's the point i'm getting at not that learning is a bad thing i don't want to imply that but that um learning and or having to learn to ward off uh you know losing because if you if you don't have like sort of the respect and trust of the clients that you're working with stuff can go bad pretty quick yeah and And that's definitely earned yeah exactly it's earned not exactly
0: uh, given um So, yeah, a good point, though, that you make is that um, sort of an extra, I guess we didn't really call this one of our one of our seven points, but but. that you are the social director for the group. Yeah. Right. So and you're maintaining your position there by being knowledgeable and useful Mm to them. Yeah. The downside to that is that, you know, as a, a part of that group is that you have to laugh. At some
1: really awful jokes at times. Yeah. Well,
0: and you're also... <laughs> and I like to think that I tell the worst ones. I think between
1: the two of us, there's some bad <laughs> jokes going on. I
0: have a stable of some of the worst jokes in the entire world so that I can always be known to uh, make light of a situation with some of the worst jokes in the history of humanity. Uh, but, you know, as being the guide, someone tells you a bad joke, you know, you're trying to maintain that relationship with them you're trying to uh you know be the you know for a group almost be the social lubricant yep. in a way to allow things to continue yeah, to absolutely. function.
1: there are certain uh there are certain activities and tasks that we do up here that i i can almost like count down three two one from a point in the teaching to the joke that i know is coming <laughs> um not from i mean sometimes from tim but but also from like students like it's like it's it's just the I don't know. Some you know if it's polling and something goofy happens with the poll, there's going to be a joke about the poll, and you just know it's coming, and you can count it down, and you you can ideally you kind of know who it's going to come from, and and it's not that that's a person you've met before. It's just that you know that that joke is easy and it's coming, and you just. I don't know. I get lucky enough that I get to kind of play the straight man up here so I can roll my eyes dramatically. But like the, <laughs> the internal, the internal eye rolling is like 10 times more dramatic. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, I've heard it. I know. God. Um, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just, Oh wow. I just, I think I just had my first rant on, on the podcast. That was great. Yeah. Like, how do you feel? Uh, I don't know. I feel like I could have used it on Catholic? something. Cathartic? No, because I know the jokes are going to still happen. Yeah, they are. It didn't are. fix anything. No. <laughs> great. But, but we've identified the problem. <laughs> we have. We have. And <laughs> we can surgically remove it. Anybody that shows up with a hint of humor, you're out. You're done. Yeah. Um, That's great. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Those are our seven, seven yeah. uh, factors. Seven, of seven of and what... one extra. I think I said eight at the beginning. Did so you? This is gonna... Okay.
0: We'll call that last one number Perfect. eight then. Yeah. So, yeah. Those are our eight factors yeah. of why this isn't. You know, it's not, it's definitely a job, right? The idea that, uh, you know, I can imagine there, maybe at some point these things live forever on the internet, right? So maybe at some point somebody's listening to this on like floor 100 of a high-rise building in a big city thinking, oh, these two guys have it made out yeah. living in cabins and tents in Northern Maine and, you know, having fun. And and we do, and I, yeah. I, I think we do, and we do have it made, but that isn't to say that everything that we do up here is easy or
1: fun and that it's not challenging yeah i mean we i can't really speak for you but i can't imagine doing anything else and um but the reality is if this if this stuff was easy and people could do it simply we wouldn't have a job you know like it has to be yeah the challenge is why people come here and i'm comfortable taking that on if it means i get to go paddle and Make jokes about poles, <laughs> yeah, and truck stops, and uh, you know yeah, the you know. whole kit and caboodle. It's all there. It's, yep, it's all good. It's all good, as long as that pole and the truck stop are on a wooden toboggan. On a wooden, on toboggan. a wooden toboggan. <laughs> but you know what they say? Yeah.
0: But inside jokes—they're only funny if you're on the inside. Yeah, and the wooden toboggan bits an inside joke and inside jokes—and it's, not funny. it's not funny even to the at all. insiders. Nope. Uh, but
1: that's okay because wooden toboggans. Yeah. Um, so great. Yeah. Uh, let's, uh, wrap
0: this one we up. should. Um, so thank you for spending this time with us on this rainy Sunday morning. Yep. Uh, you're all we have this morning. Yeah. Um, and if you enjoyed this podcast, um, please leave us a review, share it with somebody, help spread the word. We're actually, um, you know, we record this. We're super low tech. We've got like a little handheld audio uh, recorder, kind of like a little microphone, uh, but we're almost to 100,000 downloads yeah. for the podcast, like, in general. We've been putting them out, I mean, we sort of uh, increased our production the last couple of years, but I think the first one was like 2010 or something, so it's been out there for a while, but, you know, I, I am sort of shocked when I look and I see the statistics that I can't believe that many people listen to our... Uh, marginally sane rantings.
1: Yeah, well, in 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 going with the marginally sane rantings, as we're getting more and more people, Tim and I, over the course of this time, have been talking about advertisers, but not that we want people to advertise through us, just that we're going to make up our own advertisements yes. and insert them into the podcasts for fun because that's what we spend our time on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that could be fun. So if you guys have ideas for weird things that we could advertise, let us know and maybe we'll come up with a bit about it maybe we will so thanks again hope you have a great
0: day we'll catch you again later you have been listening to the jack mountain bushcraft podcast for more information on our professional wilderness guide training programs that are college accredited and gi bill approved Visit us on the web at jacktn.com.